0: Go, baby. it's time for the return of the empire podcast one hour of all things red and gold return of the empire here are your hosts sat sports 49ers insider emil fragoso and nate littlefield
1: yes sir back again no fragoso nate littlefield return of the empire Talking sports, talking Niners. Kyle Ledbetter is back behind the, the cameras, behind doing the ones and twos. We appreciate you being back, my guy.
2: That's me. Hi. Hi Kyle.
1: How was your driving from Dixon? Was it good?
2: It was lovely. I went to do a corn maze. It was fun. Ooh. Oh, Yeah,
3: it's like the biggest corn maze in the world in Dixon. Uh, or I guess. Right?
2: As of twenty fourteen. I don't know okay. what the updated numbers are.
3: Yeah, and they,
1: they need another consensus on Been that some one. Time. That's you know almost ten years. Yeah. Long time.
2: We need an updated version, but in 2014 they got a Guinness World Record.
1: Well, we're glad you're here. We're glad you didn't get taken in the maze. Well,
2: yeah, no, the maze yeah. was fun. We we made it out just in time to get here to talk about the uh, the 49ers losing a, a third game in a row. And
1: that they did. Of course, the Niners start out the season five and zero, now five and three entering the week nine by after losing the Cincinnati Bengals 31 to 17 at home. This is a very reminiscent game of week seven last year against the Kansas City Chiefs, Nate.
3: Yeah, I think last year it was worse. It felt yeah. felt like you couldn't hang with a team like that. Uh, last year was worse in the sense of that game being a total beatdown. Um, I the Niners were in this one for the most part, but it just so depressing. It didn't
1: feel like that at half, <laughs> even though the score was yeah. you know four, fourteen ten. It didn't feel like that at half because the the, the the Bengals, and this is not hyperbole, had twenty first downs at half, and the Niners had twenty total offensive plays.
3: Yeah, very disheartening. Uh it's it's uh you know, time of possession at the end of the game. I just kind of mentioned this in our crossover, but 28 minutes for the Niners, 31 for the well, in some change for 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 the Bengals. Like a lot of the stats look really similar. Total yards, yep. Niners 460, Bengals 400. First downs, Niners 24, Bengals 29. I know that's five, that's significant for sure, but you look at penalties. Bengals had a single penalty for 15 yards. The yeah. Niners had five for 54 yards. And those are
1: only the ones accepted because they had more it, than that. Yes,
3: yes, they did. And the Niners, I mean, were the killers, the three turnovers. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have the turnover in the red zone. Yeah. So did the Bengals. Mm-hmm. But the Niners, I'd, I'd argue, is at a more crucial point in the game. Just a stupid interception. Just. Brock, I i mean, it's hard to blame him. I think it's a huge learning.
1: The first or the second one? What I mean, are you talking about right now? The just, first. Okay. The
3: interception inside the five. Yes. Uh, that interception is, I mean, I guess it's not hard to blame him. its I think it's a great learning moment for him. If he's going to get rid of that ball... Make sure there's no one around. Make sure there's no opportunity for a defender to make a play on that ball. Yeah, and it just—it's a tip that just turned in. I mean, probably should have been a pick six. Yeah, brutal. But Brock trying
1: to get the tackle and he was pushed out. Thankfully, Dwayne Pratt was one that got that pick. So that play was a designed option play for either a handoff to the, I believe, to the running back or a shovel pass to George Kittle. Kind of similar to what the Chiefs do with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. But Brock audibled, and he kind of tried to do imp- improvisation, and saw Elijah Mitchell in the back of the end zone, tried to do a little too much, and turned the ball over. It was a good play by Jermaine Pratt. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, he did a lot of improvising, unfortunately. He, yeah. he was forced to against the Bengals. He ended up being the leading rusher for the 49ers at only 57 yards. That's not good. That's not good. No Six carries for 57, that's a good average, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> almost 10 for, yards For a anyone, yeah, not just the yeah. quarterback. Um, no, yeah. but that that's... You like to see him have that ability. You don't like to be put in a position where that's one of the highlights of it's, the game,
1: especially a week a week coming back on a short week from a concussion. Yeah, you don't want to see your your quarterback have to be scrambling for his life and you know making plays with his feet and taking t- tough hits, which he did. And Brock's a gamer. They call him bot Purdy for a reason. And he finishes a twenty-two thirty-one, three sixty-five passing, one TD, two interceptions. And it's the second interception for me that was the most most jarring thing about his performance because. That, in my opinion, was his worst interception I've ever seen him throw. I, it made and that no says sense a lot in, after in, last week. It made no sense in the moment. Yeah, because you think of the circumstances, right? They turn the ball over, and right after they, the, the Niners turn the ball on the first interception, the Bengals go four <sighs> straight plays and punt. Then all the Niners do is drive down the field. They're a touchdown down late in the late in the third, I believe. Yeah, and all they all they have to do is go and score. All they have to do is go there and tie it up. What happens first play? Brock's trying to force his Juwan to to, to Ayuk over the middle. Logan Wilson just sitting right there on it, picks it off, returns over ten yards. Next play after that, Jamar Chase touchdown. You can't make mistakes like that against a team like the Bengals. They're gonna they're gonna curse you. And unfortunately, Brock has made the mistakes in the most crucial moments the last two weeks, especially.
3: Yeah, they're putting a lot of pressure on him to win the games. Mm-hmm. And he is young. Uh he's not handling it amazingly. Um there's time for that to change, obviously. And it needs to change, Yeah, but there's a lot of other changes that need to be made first. As I say the word change 800 times in two sentences. A lot of change needs to happen. A lot of change needs to happen. That's but what the it's bye the week's truth. for, though. It's the truth. That's what the bye week's for. That's what the trade deadline is for. Yeah. I don't know how much I want to talk about this Bengals game, how much we need to talk about it. It's just a, a, a sucky loss.
1: <laughs> it, it, it really is, but what sucks about it is that the Niners have done the same thing, it feels like, for three weeks. They haven't played as a team. Yeah. They have been playing as a unit when the offense is clicking for a series. The defense doesn't, doesn't back it up when the defense is clicking for a series, the offense doesn't back it up and vice versa. They're not playing together as a unit on offense and defenses. I know that sounds weird because how can offense and defense play together all the time? They're two different units, but the Niners have been able to do that the first five weeks of the season. They've been able to rebound and, and build off of each other's performances and come out as a full unit and a full team. And it feels like, especially on defense, their
3: heart and soul has been taken. It, it totally has. They're completely demoralized. I really thought the Cleveland game was. I had some good excuses for that Cleveland game. I really did. It. Was, we all did. The weather. It was Trent Williams getting hurt, Debo getting hurt, Jake Moody, Jake Moody, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then Minnesota, it's like, okay, they're reeling. What is this? This is too bad in a row. Uh-huh. This is this game is significantly worse uh, and pretty embarrassing. And then this week, it's complete demoralizing loss and it sucks they have to sit on that loss for the bye week. I just I I mean I'm I'm happy there's kind of a refreshment with the trade made today. Yeah. You know, kind of splash some water in your face, get set. But I as a 49ers fan, which I am, I'm not a reporter, I'm not anything. I guess I'm technically a co-host. As a fan, <laughs> I'm sad. Look, plain and, I'm, and simple.
1: I am a fan of this Niners team. I'm not a fan of the, of the Niners per se. But I'm a fan of this Niners unit because I like good football. I like covering cover them. I, it's
3: like I like covering
1: yeah. teams that are winning. It's fun. It's yeah. more fun to cover teams that are winning. I I feel like as a reporter, you get better sound bites. You just have more fun doing it because the team is winning.
3: The people are happier. Generally. Yeah, they want to yeah. give you more
1: quotes yeah. and stuff. It's harder to cover the, the losses, and while it's part of the, the game, obviously, it's still harder to do it. But w- what hurts me the most, and why I've been kind of arguing with other Niners uh, media members, and we'll have one on coming on in the, in the next segment. But I have been arguing with a lot of Niners because I can't figure it out. Yeah, I can't figure out what's wrong. And <laughs> it seems like neither can they. I I don't know what's going on because three weeks ago they dismantled the Cowboys on national television yeah. and they looked like the team to beat in both conferences. And now three weeks later it looks like they lost every they look it's it's like they it's like watching a parody movie over and over again and thinking that you're watching the actual film and you're like, when's the real film going to start?
3: Yeah, like watching scary movie over and over. Like, yeah. Like scary movie one, two, three, four, five, and Yeah. And being like, when do these get scary?
1: Yeah, when do these get scary? <laughs> like, is there ever going to be a, tr- a treat or just get tricked? Yeah. There's so much trick or treat right now happening on Halloween, obviously. But...
3: Oh, Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween, everyone! I should that. say. Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. that yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the only one who showed up in costume, you know. I had
3: a costume this weekend. My costume we'll is in. reporter. We'll get into that later. <laughs> it's my, <Boo>. costume. <laughs> my costume. My costume is sad Niners fan.
1: A lot, a lot of people are wearing that costume. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, look, this team just isn't playing like a unit, and I don't know what who's to blame here. Is it Steve Wilkes? Is it the the, the play call and the players? I, I I can't tell you, but Fred Warner said something really obvious, and he goes, you know, talking about Steve Wilkes. Obviously, Steve Wilkes. A lot of blame right now, going from the box down to the, down to the the floor. Does he had to move? Does he had to do different things? He to switch up his approach. Fred goes. Steve Wilkes is one, one, the least of my problems right now. At the end of the day, players win games, not coaches, and he's right. He's right. But at the same time, coaches have to scheme their players in the right positions. It's
3: twofold. I think the easy answer is to blame Steve Wilkes, and I think there is some definite blame for him to take and he has. I I am this is I'm excited to ask um Larry about this. We're having Larry Kruger on the next segment. I I'm I want to see what he thinks this issue is because are, are you talking defense specifically right now, Emil? That is that kind of cuz I feel like everything is yeah. stemming from the Niners not having a run game, which has been the really? identity of Kyle Shanahan this whole time, yeah, because the run game is demoralizing for another team. If you can run it down their throat, it's it's brutal. I thought this team was have a brutal run game, and then now we've opened up the passing game with Brock. He he can sling it because the best part of this team right yeah. now is the passing game, which is surreal for me to watch as mm-hmm. a fan. Yeah, so I thought, okay, we're adding another level to this. This is going to be great. The play action is going to be there uh just as often as it has been, but now they have more things to worry about. So much motion before the snap, all this stuff. I really think everything stems from the Niners establishing a run run game. And I, I do think that goes to over to the defensive side too, because they're on the field so much more. Yeah. And they're they're being ran so much harder and and, and more uh, often. I mean
1: just looking at the possessions for the for the Bengals, they have I'm just counting it right now. One, two, three, four Five. They had five possessions of over of seven plays or more. Yeah, that's not good.
3: That's not good. That means more Vikings time Vikings had similar a similar stat. Yeah, similar. It was
1: about the same number as well. Yeah. It, you cannot let your defense be. No matter how good your defense is, you can't let them be on the field the whole time. They're going to get fatigue and gas. And especially with Drake Greenlaw, who needed this week off because he's banged up. To yeah. oh boy, let me tell you,
3: he's laying down after almost every play. Oh, like it was it was brutal.
1: I've never seen. It got so bad. Joe Mixon after one run pointed at him on the ground. Yeah. When it has any player ever pointed, Dre Greenlaw said, ha ha, I got you. Ugh. Joe Mixon did Sunday. And that's just a fatigue thing. That's just an, a t- being tired, being worked so much. It's this Niners team is, is built like a super team. They have all the same players, but sometimes they, they, have faltered in this season. It's been mid season slumps, not the start of the season slumps. Like it usually has been.
3: It's such a conundrum for me. It, I'm really it's a good word. UC Davis. There you go. Stepping in my degree, finally doing something for me. <laughs> first time for everything professional
2: broadcaster
3: nate littlefield yeah here. Never, thought, Conundrums. never thought i'd be here today thanks folks um <laughs> i'm frustrated to say the least i i'm demoralized as a fan uh I, I'm just confused. I think your point
2: was right about Steve Wilkes though, Nate, because, like, I said this earlier. If if you take the exact same results of the defense for the 49ers and say they're 6-2 and two instead of 5-3, and three, like, people are not having the same reaction about Steve Wilkes. Yeah. Like, it's the yeah. easiest thing to point to because it's been three in a row. Mm-hmm. But, like, there have been other issues, namely guys not being healthy and the secondary kind of regressing just because of the opponents that they've played, not necessarily the— Fair. Not necessarily anything they're doing.
3: There's questions, too, about them running the wide nine defense and there not is. being able to stop the run because I believe they're 29th yeah. or 28th in run they're, defense. They're, they're bad. Bad, yeah. They're, the wide nine, by the way, if you don't know, defense is where you take your uh, defensive end and stick them out like two spots Correct. farther than they should be or not where they should be, just where they normally are. So the Niners have been running a lot of that, and if you don't do it right, you get gashed because now there's a huge gap. In between that the running back can go through and mm-hmm. just messy. It's 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 really messy. We I think we will maybe get into some positives. Do you want to do maybe one or two positives right now from the game or break? in general? Either I'll take either. <laughs> I'll take either <laughs> th- right now.
1: Well, from the game, I think Brock Pree played very well in uh, the, the first forty minutes of the game. Yeah. I think Brock Purdy played very well and kept them in the game for a lot of it. He was making some wonderful throws at a beautiful layer throw to Brandon Ayuk um, in the corner, as well as making those beautiful darts, both to Kittle, both up the seam before the end of the half, and then one over the middle as well for about 25, 30 yards. That stuff with Brock is where I think he's so talented and so, and so special as a quarterback. Yes, he needs to cut out the turnovers, but... Like Fred Warner has said, Brock is the least of his concern because Brock has the right
3: stuff. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about Brock either. I think the youngness factor comes in. I think people, you got to give him a little bit, right? He's 23. Like, yeah, you got to give him a little bit. We got to give him a little bit of leeway. He was pretty amazing coming in. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of playing a different game this year. He's getting a lot more comfortable. And when you get more comfortable, you do make mistakes. You do. I, I know personally from this job I do here, the more comfortable I've gotten, the more mistakes I make. And I'm, not trying to compare being a show producer to being the quarterback <laughs> of the San Francisco 49ers, but I just did. I so you know,
1: it has pretty simple. Let me
3: I'll, I'll mention a positive right here before we go to break, though. Uh the the Brock to Kittle connection looking pretty deadly. I'm liking that Kittle nine nine yards for 149 yeah. coming in. Pretty important moments. Getting him back in the passing game, essential. Yeah. Essential and makes me happy. It doesn't have to be every game. No. He, can, he can have 30-yard games, like two catches, whatever. But them building chemistry, extremely important. It extremely is. Extremely important. So
1: Well, Brock and Kittle definitely have a lot of chemistry. They were very good down the stretch last year, I believe, scoring yeah. in like four or five straight games to end the season. They were, uh-huh. they were on fire. That yeah. connection, it kind of went away to start the year because he would need to end the run game more so. But now that the Niners are struggling offensively to get yards... Especially with them not running the ball very well. Kittle has to be more used in that in that uh in the passing game. Did you see that jet sweep they ran for him on, on, um, on third and one? Minnesota.
3: That was the Minnesota, was a Minnesota game. Was Minnesota game? That was the I'm pretty sure it I was. I think it was a yeah. Minnesota game as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was
1: just, I want to see more of that. Yeah. Like more get creative. just get Kittle in space. Yeah. yeah.
3: It, exactly. He doesn't have to catch it. Yeah. Get him in space. Um I, I I agree. I love the creativeness, um, Shanahan or creativity Shanahan has in the offense like that. And I don't know. I don't Yeah. I want to see more craziness.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to see more creativity too. I think Kyle's gotten spooked a little bit in his play calling, but we're going to break down more of the Niners week eight loss and what where they're at going into the bye. Additionally, it was trade deadline day. And we haven't talked about it yet, but we will after the break. Niners yeah. got Chase Young, a huge, huge addition on the defensive line. And we're going to have a special guest coming on as well. Larry Kruger is going to be joining us very shortly here on the Return of the Empire show. So, yeah, Return of the Empire, Emil Fergoso, Nate Littlefield, Kyle Ledbetter, and the ones and twos. We'll be back after this break.
0: Welcome back to the Return of the Empire podcast
1: with Emil Fergoso and Nate Littlefield. Return of the Empire, I'm Ilfer Goso, Nate Littlefield, and we are talking NFL trade down like it was a big one today, the Niners were involved, and joining us on the Return of the Empire show is Larry Kruger. Larry, how you doing, my guy?
3: What's up? What's going on? What's up, Larry? It's nice to talk to you. I'm Nate Littlefield. Nice to meet you uh, informally, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for having me on, guys. What's going on? I've been hanging out in the green room, uh, eating all the food, and... (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know, we got uh, a lot of good snacks in there yeah, <laughs> yeah i destroyed that place man. I, just, I crushed that nice. green room man i gotta i, know, got, I a, gotta ask i gotta yeah. ask him something Go i'm so it. sorry yeah. so
3: it's halloween larry how annoying <laughs> is it to have the last name that you have <laughs> around this time of year do people it just harass totally, you
0: it was nothing until nightmare on elm street came around yeah it was, it, which then all of a sudden that movie became kind of, kind of a cult following now mm. you know I'll usually get it at the gas station or something, you know. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, but, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're talking trade deadline, and obviously we haven't brought this up
1: yet, but the Niners yeah. made a huge trade for start of, defensive end Chase Young, J.D. a third round pick for Chase Young, now a part of the 49ers, a former number two overall pick, very very talented player. What's your overall reaction to the Niners' uh, trade deadline today, Larry?
0: Well, I mean, I think they had to do something. I mean, they were. You know this. The, this team is just you know the forty nine through eight games. The non Bosa defensive ends, so that would be Cleveland Farrell, Drake Jackson, Kerry Hider, Gregory. That quartet's got five and a half sacks and twenty two pressures in in eight games. So they had to do something. They had to do something because, um, you know why? it, there, it makes no sense to go spend the kind of money you spent on Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave to not finish the deal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just too easy yeah. for, for offensive lines to slide their protection towards Bosa if you're going to be weak at the other defensive end spot. So um, I don't know that you needed somebody as good as Chase Young, but um, I'm glad they got him. And, you know, the bottom line is the Niners, I think, ranked like 24th in pressure percentage mm-hmm. and 18th in sacks. And that ain't getting it done when you see the kind of money that... Um, you know that they're spending yeah. on their defensive line, so I like it. I think it's a smart move. Well, Larry, we got uh,
3: we got Larry Kruger of the Krug Show on YouTube here with us, joining uh, Return of the Empire. I wanted to ask you about the Niners' secondary. You had a tweet yesterday, just kind of listing a bunch of things that you think the Niners should do or you know mm-hmm. could try out. You one one of your one of the things you listed was playing Jair Brown at safety, and right. I'm I'm curious who would you be? Would you were be replacing Tashawn Gibson? Is that is that kind of the idea there?
0: Well, I mean, I actually kind of think that you might have to replace a Fonga. I mean, you know, Gibson is the deep middle; uh, he plays that center field, and I think Jair could play the deep middle. But I, I actually think they need to be stronger against the run as well. So it really, you know, I I think Jair Brown has got kind of a a varied skill set. Mm-hmm. So I think you, he could play at either spot. Um, I think he could play the deep middle and cover the ground, but I also think he might be really good in the box. So uh, to me, it would be like, play this guy a little bit more. And if you got to play him in both spots Mm -hmm. at times, play him in both spots. Uh, But I was thinking originally about, you know, get Gibson off the field because I, I don't think Gibson's really good at anything. I don't, I don't think he's great at coverage and I don't think he's great in the box as a hitter. I think he's a center fielder, who plays mm-hmm. the deep middle, and he if there's an errant pass, he's got sticky hands, and it you know, he's got 30-something career picks, and he'll get his hands on it, and he won't drop it. And he was like the anti-Tart, right? Yeah. Which is, And it's mm-hmm. worked out to some degree, but, I mean, Tart was better against the run than, than Gibson is against the run. So, um, you know, I, I just think I'd like to see Jair Brown. I think Jair Brown's fast. He's physical. He wants to run into people. And they're just their run defense right now is just it, it seems like it's Greenlaw and Warner and just a bunch of guys standing around. Yeah.
1: And you and you mentioned that Talanoa Funka could be the one as well. Do you feel like he's kind of regressed this season after coming on strong into an all pro last year? And or maybe even Jair could even play in that Jimmy Ward role as, as, a, as a nickel kind of hitter in that spot. Is that possible for him even too?
0: Well, I don't think there's any question that Hafanga. You know, people see the hair, and he got the early all pro, and they're Mm. like Palomalu, you know, and he's not. Yeah, Yeah. you know, he's he's a nice player, but um, you know, and and he it seems like he's a guy that needs to come off the field a little bit because he when he was fresher he would fall off less tackles. Mm -hmm. Now that he's playing as much as he is, he falls off a lot of tackles. Like I think Hafanga has a genius. Um, ability to attack the mesh point uh, as a as a box safety in the cover 3 mm-hmm. walk him up let him read it and attack on, and he hasn't done that this year he hasn't done it and and what i'm seeing now is i'm seeing a guy who um is kind of falls off a lot of tackles i mean i, I mean the niners yeah. have missed like 19 tackles in the last couple of games and he's missed a bunch of them so
3: back to the the d line here Who do you think is like how much blame do you give Steve Wilkes for kind of kind of how under the underperformance
0: of the Niners D line this year? Well, it's interesting. A couple weeks ago, I asked him, I said, you know, uh, Chris is kind of known to like to play. Chris Kosarek is known to like to play a lot of games up front. Mm -hmm. When I said games, of course, I'm talking about stunts and twists. And um, and I've heard players say, oh, yeah, Chris calls, you know, dials up some incredible games up front and they're well choreographed and they're well executed. And that adds to their pass rush ability. But I asked um, Steve about a month ago during one of the pressers, I'm like, who how does that work on this defense? And he's like, I call all that. So Steve now now Chris is part of that dialogue, but Mm -hmm. Steve's calling all that all all the games up front um, he's designing them and calling them so I mean he's the coordinator he's got to take responsibility for the defense good bad and ugly the good the bad and the ugly and you know on the front in the middle on the back end it's his show it's his show so mm-hmm. he you know it he if it works he gets the uh, praise and if it yeah. doesn't work he's it's his feet that are held to the fire
1: yeah we were me and you Larry we were on that conference call on Monday and and Kyle had mentioned that he was going to talk with with Steve this week about maybe moving from the 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 booth down to the sidelines. I remember how D'Amico did it last year and Robert Sala before that. D- do you think that'd be a, a big boost in morale for them to have their defensive corner back down there? Or is, do you think that guys like Chris Casserik need to do a better job? I guess of I don't know, energizing them a little bit because it feels like they lost their spark a bit defensively.
0: I mean, there could be a couple issues. One, I mean, I know Tim Ryan, the color analyst mm-hmm. on the radio, has called for it. I know there's been a lot of talk about the communication is not streamlined that they have to go through Daryl tap and some of the communication is getting lost in the translation. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a problem. Yeah. But at the end of the day, um, I think Steve should watch it wherever he feels most comfortable. He's calling the defense. And if he feels, I mean, it's like Steve Wilkes is the first uh, defensive coordinator to call the game from the booth. He's not, it's not like every guy's down there in the sidelines. You call it from where you feel like you have the best vantage point. He's a def- former defensive back. Mm-hmm. He's a former defensive backfield coach. Oftentimes, those guys want to see the coverage and um, and have the bird's eye view on the coverage. Yeah. So I'm not the worst thing they could do is start dictating to Steve Wilkes where what his vantage point is. If his mm-hmm. if he thinks his best vantage point, I mean, because it's like it's like asking a doctor <laughs> to. Uh, you know, it's like the most important thing when you go to the doctor is a correct diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, if the doctor needs a certain vantage point to, you know, view the patient, the last thing you want to do is force him into some, you know, vantage point that you think is better that he doesn't think is, 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 you know, his best spot. So I think Steve needs to be where he's most comfortable. They just need to work on the communication and make sure that there's some dialogue and some open dialogue and some, you know, that there's ease of communication, not just between Wilkes and Warner, mm-hmm. but Wilkes and his entire defense throughout the game. Well, Larry, let's jump to the other side of the ball here. I,
3: I want to talk offense for, for a minute. Um, the Niners identity really offensively forever <laughs> really <laughs> has been has been run first, right? Run first team. And the run is just not working right now. It Hasn't been working for the past few weeks. Is it all because of Trent Williams or what's going on? I know you've mentioned putting Feliciano at a uh, starting center position. Just
0: curious your take on that. I mean, they have not gotten any push and opened any run lanes between Mm -hmm. the tackles all year. So it's not Trent Williams being out the last, what game that um, that the last two games. That's done it. That's not it. They're just not getting a lot of push. Now, is that Burford? Is that is that Brendel? I mean, we saw D.J. Reeder just waltz Brendel four feet into the backfield. Yeah, I felt like I was watching a pro football player play against high schoolers. Yeah. I mean, that was embarrassing, man. You, you, you know, first drive, Brendel, if you didn't see it, got basically launched mm-hmm. by Reeder um, so far into the backfield that there was like separation between him and the rest of the line. So, I mean, that can't happen. No. So, Brendel, you might have to get a little bit more heft or a little bit more strength at the point at center. I know that, like, Brendel, who's a Pro Bowl alternate, um, but, you know, Feliciano's a bigger, stronger, you know, offensive lineman. So, maybe you need a, a stronger anchor at center. Maybe Banks and Burford are not doing the job. But I'll say this. I mean, they're, they're very, they have not been able to run the ball uh, between the tackles at all in the, in the first part of the year. I mean, it's just that the holes are not there. So they, they really have to change what they're doing mm-hmm. or change up their back. I mean, they have a 235 pound back in, in JP Mason yeah. that they show absolutely zero interest in handing the ball to. Yeah, it, so that's I, crazy know, too. I, to me, I you know, I mean, people talk about that 26 yard uh, touchdown run, you know, that that was that guy had two steps and was at full speed and was rumbling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was between the tackles I, I, to me. And that was running the ball in a part of the game where everybody on the Cowboys knew they were going to run the ball. They still couldn't stop it. Yeah. So I'd like to see a little bit of JP Mason. Mitchell has got better pick and slide, better instincts, but I mean, he's getting zero done. Yeah. McCaffrey is is a really good weapon, but he runs upright. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't run with as much power as Mason, yeah, and to me, um I think McCaffrey's so versatile that especially with Debo out, why not flex out McCaffrey, play him out of the slot, use him as a receiver, and get your best talent on the field, and I think they'll coming out of the buy i I got to think they're going to do that.
1: Were you a bit surprised because, obviously, Aaron Banks is now out for a couple games with that turf toe injury and the line hasn't been getting the, the run going? Or were you a bit surprised the Niners didn't trade for an offensive lineman at the deadline? I mean, we saw Ezra Cleveland go to Jacksonville for a six-rounder, and that's not a lot of compensation. So did they need to add someone else, or is it just an internal problem that they maybe can fix?
0: You know, they show no no urgency at all in filling this line. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Um, they took a freaking kicker and a backup tight end over Daywon Jones oh, yeah. in the draft. I remember that because <laughs> it, was a, it was in the right scheme, right? They, they had a kicker who had made 18 straight or whatever, 38 straight in the playoffs or whatever it was, and they mm-hmm. took a rookie kicker and a tight end who had only played tight end for a short amount of time Um, you know, over an offensive lineman who's like 370 pounds. Now, I don't know. You could argue that Daywan Jones might not be there perfect scheme fit, but day one sure looks good in Cleveland. Um, They obviously like Colton McKivitz, but McKivitz had a rough day, um, you know, in his last game. So I I don't know. I mean, um, I'm not sure what to say about that. I mean, um, Ezra Cleveland seems to be a scheme fit. Mm -hmm. Didn't he go for like a sixth? Yeah. Um, I know they do like their backup linemen. Uh, they like Feliciano. They like Jalen Moore. They like Nick Sakel. Mm-hmm. Um, heck, they 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 wind up keeping four backup offensive linemen yeah. and cutting Deshaun Jameson at the cutdown. So they obviously feel good about the backup linemen they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Chris Forster is probably going to have to answer some tougher questions as the year goes on, because we got to see this offensive line start to open run lanes because, you, you know, if you can't run the ball, um and you know you you're, you're just gonna put it all on Brock Purdy and say hey you know we can't run the ball we can't stop the run yeah. our defense is a sieve Brock come save us <laughs> I I don't, I don't know if that's gonna be, I don't know if a workable plan Yeah, not at this stage of his of his career he's a little too
1: young
3: Yeah, Larry I'm just wondering is there anyone on this team right now that you're surprised that's still here that maybe didn't get traded at the deadline. Me and Emil have been talking about all season, like the potential of Elijah Mitchell going. Is there anyone for you that kind of surprises you that's still here? Mm, uh,
0: you know, I don't, I don't think that first of all, I don't think that John Lynch has been in the mindset to shop anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, they, they just, they, they have guys that are not necessarily performing um, but they don't I, I don't like nobody really wants Javon Javon Kinlaw's contract. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that could be a spot, but I don't really see him as a coveted player. Um, if they had a coveted player, they would want to keep him. You know, they're inside their Super Bowl window. So I, I think it, you know, John Lynch is, has really his whole mindset with The trade deadline is all been about adding, adding, adding. Mm -hmm. I don't think there was too much talk about subtraction. Now, um, I have heard in the last couple of weeks that they're kind of dissatisfied with Drake Jackson and feel like his work ethic is just inconsistent. Mm -hmm. You know, I really like Drake Jackson as a player. They invested a a second round pick in him. I like him as a guy. Uh, He's a great interview, gregarious young guy. He ain't getting anything done right now. Yeah sure. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, Larry, we appreciate that. It's all the time we have today. Uh, Larry Kruger, the Krug show on YouTube. Go check him out over there. Larry,
3: picking a pickle too. Picking a pickle it. as well. Of Thank course. you.
1: Thank you for being on, Larry. We appreciate you, and I'll see you next week after the bye. Sounds good, man.
0: Thanks for having me on, fellas. Of see course. Larry. See you Thank, you. Larry. Thank
1: you. Yeah, Larry Kruger joining us on the show. A lot of really good insight. Like, a lot of really good insight where the Nyers are at right now, offense and defense, and and I I do think that they have been more in the in the addition than subtraction right now, but maybe subtracting a couple guys would maybe boost other people to perform better too. I, I don't know fire. what the answer is, you know. Yeah. Light of I don't know what the answer is, and it seems like it's all over the place to you know try different things. You know, leave Steve up there, maybe Jair comes in, maybe yeah. Huff comes and plays a couple snaps. There's just so many combinations I have to figure out, and that's the problem with the Niners that there's no one right answer.
3: I think he brought up a really good point about. Uh, you know when it comes to bringing Steve Wilkes down to the sideline is just why force that if it's if there's like no point in in just that would if that's going to throw everything off and make Steve uncomfortable, don't do it but, yeah. yeah if there's some actual issues with communication technolo- technolo- uh, with technology, then sure do that but I, I I don't know about forcing him to be on the sideline for morale.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well, we got to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk some more recap of Week Eight as well, doing our predictions and talking about some some sticky notes we made at the start of the year. Some of them came true, some of them didn't. But we'll uh, we'll discuss that after the break, A we Nate Littlefield, Kyle Ledbetter, Return of the Empire, Sacktown Sports. You'll be back in a minute.
0: Are they going to run this to mix it, Kyle? Here. <laughs> Mix into the left in the gun. Gonna take it. Gonna bop out wide. Gets wide on both sides. Gonna walk in the Why end zone. Why would zona. you do that? Strutting okay. touchdown Bengals. All right. No more Bengals highlights. That's it.
3: That's it. No more. <laughs> he wants to crawl into a hole. No, I just don't want to hear that.
1: He's such a over the Stop, middle. Stop, Kyle. Intercepted I'm by taking Logan the
3: Curve, like, like too. It's like my favorite it's funny. show. It's not funny. It
2: is. I mean, by the way, I was here working the game. Greg Papa was just disgusted at the oh, end of that game. He was, he was so sad. In we this all fourth were grossed quarter. out. We
1: didn't know what we were watching. It was. It's like watching Jekyll and Hyde the last three weeks. Honestly, like the music over the middle oh, intercepted
0: stop. by Logan the, Wilson. The music so. you're
1: playing is very fitting because they have been. I, I just say a clown show defensively the last few weeks. It just haven't been them. They haven't been themselves. Like, literally, I text after I got done and was into not do post-game recap. I texted Nate and was like, you're going to do post-game recap? And 20 minutes later, he's like, I'm at the movies. I was in <laughs> the hey, movie man.
3: theater. I was in the... Well, you... Okay, I would have done it. <laughs> I would have done it 100%, but I didn't get a text right away. So I was like, okay, I don't know if it's going to be too late or whatever. I had to go see Five Nights at Freddy's, oh, which was fine. But good. regardless, it was whatever. <laughs> Nate
2: Littlefield movie reviews. It was yeah, fine. <laughs>
3: It was fine. It was
1: fine. It was fine, I guess. Yep. Okay, whenever someone says it's fine, it's not fine.
3: Uh, Oh,
1: whatever.
2: I wouldn't go that far. Like, fine can be describing something that was okay. You gotta
1: hear the tone, though. When Nate just said it was fine, it wasn't actually fine.
2: I mean, I don't know if he had high expectations. I don't know if he played the game as a kid or something like that, but I just took it as like, it was a movie
3: that he made it through. I took my little cousins, but regardless, (laughs) I'm just sad. (laughs) Um, you want to talk about these sticky notes or you want to talk about, can we give a letter grade real quick to the trade deadline for the Niners? Yeah, we we did in the crossover, but
1: we didn't do that yet. I'm going to give a letter grade. I gave it a B because at the end of the day, the Niners made a huge move by getting Chase Young and he is going to be a great addition for them, more so of a speed threat than even Granny Gregory is on the other side of Bosa. And I think Chase Young has much more potential that hasn't been tapped into because he was an Phenomenal player at Ohio State where he played with Nick Bosa. I do think he's going to be fantastic. However, however, the Niners did not add a cornerback. And that was their biggest need was a corner. I don't understand where they're at with their cornerbacks. I don't get why they think they're going to be okay going well, forward. Here, here's
3: the thing, though, is that the D-line fixes the secondary. And that's, that's it? a cliche. It
1: has It, it hasn't it this year.
3: It hasn't this year because they're not getting home. I know. I know. Bosa has like the most QB hits in the league, yeah. but it's they're not getting home. They're not. Yeah. So adding adding. Uh, I almost said Montez Sweat. I don't know why, but adding Chase Ooh. Young is 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 huge. And by the way, adding
2: Chase Young at the same price that Kansas City gave up for Kadarius Tony.
3: Yeah, and That's it's so a, funny to me. It's a. It's a. It's a compensary pick yeah. too from uh the it's no, it's
1: a w yeah. I'm not saying it's not a win. I'm just saying they should have done more.
3: Okay. Yeah. They I,
1: they should add a corner.
3: I am at A minus. I think more could have been done. I think the reason I'm at A minus is because we also got teased forty five minutes before the deadline that they were gonna make another move. And that move never came.
1: Yeah, Tim Kawakami put that out there that he heard his sources in for another move. I expected them to make another move as well. Yeah. Because they just... They, we texted
3: they, each other. I texted you when it happened, and I think we were both on the same page that something else I'm was like, happening. Some, some, this was pre-tweet, too. Well, I
1: just... With all the other moves that were happening, I, I was confused. Yeah. Because I was like, why are they sitting out all this other stuff? Why are they not getting Ezra Cleveland? Why are they not getting Montez Sweat? Why are they not doing this? They can't be happy with where they're at right now. They have no. to be cooking something up. And I got trolled on Twitter, too, saying, oh, you called it. Ha, ah, you didn't call it. it whatever. Um but
3: You're getting owned lately. I've
1: been getting owned lately. It's <laughs> it, it com- Look, it comes with the territory. If you ain't got hairs, you ain't popping. That's all I'm saying. Um, what? If you, if, ain't ain't got- you if you ain't got haters. You ain't popping.
3: If you ain't got haters, you ain't popping. That just sounded poppin'.
2: weird coming out of Emile's mouth. I'm yeah.
3: <laughs> just saying. Um,
1: if, look, everyone who's good at something that has haters. You no, Not everyone's going to like you. That's okay. That's all right.
3: All right, well... I'm gonna introduce our our little um, or reintroduce our little sticky note segment. We
1: did this at the start
3: of the year. Yeah. Right? So and we've added to it one time, but it, it was kind of the idea. I feel like we're missing a couple, but the idea yeah. is we. Uh, I stole the idea from TNT, uh, the broadcast with uh, Ernie, all those guys. Yeah. Ernie, MBA, Chuck. Yeah. NBA Inside. Yeah. So they yeah, the do NBA. this thing where during the season they do. You know, they make a a bold prediction, put it up on the wall, come back to the end of the year, check it out, and Mm -hmm. see what they got right, what they didn't get right. And it's funny because, I mean, most of the stuff you get wrong. So, I, you know, we're already on track here to get a lot of things wrong. So, uh, Emil, (laughs) I will start with you just because it's the freshest thing. That's fine. This was a prediction you had before the season started Elijah Mitchell will be traded by the deadline. Didn't happen. I was on board for it. I thought yeah. it was a, it was very possible. You can't but say he's been great this year. No, I mean after after I thought at at the time I was on board with it for sure. And then you see how the season develops, and you're like, why is he not playing? Oh, he got hurt again. Okay, and he's still not playing. It just didn't, didn't make sense.
1: I'm just saying. Right now, he's played in five games this year. He has 50 total rushing yards. Yeah, crazy. He has 22 attempts f- game.
3: for 50 yards. <laughs> so okay? Crazy. It's not like
1: he's played well.
3: No. And yet your prediction was still wrong. Correct.
1: I like that. That was good.
3: Uh, So I'll do one of Here's one of mine that I don't know. So before the season, right, preseason mm-hmm. mostly, Uh, Jake Moody looked bad. He was a big concern for us. Yes. Uh, I'd say he was concern number two behind the quarterback fiasco. <laughs> Speaking of ghosts, Sam Darnold. Seeing ghosts, whatever. Anyways, no Hello, way.
1: Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah,
3: but any, anyways, I, my prediction was Jake Moody will not be kicking for the 49ers by the playoffs. And you know what? Unfortunately, that is back on the table. It was off the table for the first five weeks. It is back on the table. Oh. I mean, he's he's that's a pretty key misses.
1: Yeah, he has. And
3: him. he's he's gotten us a little scared and a little rattled.
1: I definitely think it's a possibility. I just I don't know what it would take for them to cut him.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, it would take... I'm like, just saying it's on the table. Does he
1: is it, Does he, Does it? he? have to implode? Like, fully implode? Like, what, what would that even be? Would that I be, like, missing every kick in the game? <laughs>
0: Jeez. I, I, I don't even want to... Yeah, no. Yeah.
3: But I, it's, it's on the table. Um, I disagree. I think he's going to be in the playoffs. Well, I think he will, too. I think he's but gone I'm, through the fire now. Yeah, I think he will, too. I hope I'm wrong on this one. This was just... I had to make a bad he prediction.
1: Actually, he actually kicked very well uh, week eight, so... Okay, yeah.
3: Well, here's another. We'll do one more bad one for me. Uh, you know, another bad one. Uh, I said that Cleveland Furl gets six or more sacks this season. I believe he has zero or half a sack this year. I, he has, I think he has more than that.
1: Wait, what was the number you had of that?
3: I, I said he'd have six sacks this year. I was he only has half honest. a
1: sack. You are right. He has half
3: a sack this year. How do I? It feels like more. He is not on pace. Yeah, he's not on no. pace. Um, maybe with the addition of Chase Young, if he's playing opposite for some snaps, he can get in there.
1: He's been actually pretty good in some crucial spots. He was the reason why they got that turnover. It was Cleveland Farrell that forced that ball out uh, from, from Irv Smith Jr. there on, on, the, on the on the turnover in the third quarter. Um, I think Cle played better than what his stats say, but I, I do think he's not going to get six sacks.
3: Yes, I I don't think so either, but I was pretty high on him. Now he's just a guy. But, Emil, you said the San Francisco 49ers will win 10 games and barely win the NFC West. (laughs) Man. Unfortunately. Three
1: weeks ago that was not the true, but now it is.
3: Yeah, I think they're an 11-win team.
1: I think 12, but yeah.
3: Yeah. Wow,
2: yeah. I thought you were going to stick to your guns with 10 because 10 seems like in the realm of possibility.
1: Maybe 10 then. Fine. Both of them are. They both are. I, I think yeah. between 10 to 12 is where they're at. I don't think they can win more than 12 games. It
2: all depends on the Seahawks games, right?
1: It does. And I do think they win at least one of the Seahawks games. Yeah. I don't know. If it's it's the well way one to the home one, but I think they win at least one.
2: Well, one and one, that's might not be good enough to win that division. I mean, some stuff's got to break. And they their also way. got the
1: Cardinals again, and they got the Rams again too. Yeah,
2: and... no, they they're going to have some wins. The in Rams there. have just... already beaten Seattle, correct?
1: But the Rams also Stafford's hurt.
3: Yes,
2: yes. Yeah, yes. but the Rams did beat uh, Seattle week one. I want. to True, say. but I'm just saying in terms um... of divisional
1: games, they're probably going to win out the rest of the games. I don't expect them to lose any other divisional games. Maybe one to Seattle, but that's it. But
2: tiebreakers. Woo, tiebreakers. Yeah. True.
1: I, I I do think Seattle will slow down a little bit, and the Niners will squeak by and win this division. I just It, it will be close.
3: I think Seattle implodes, and they lose every single game ever, always. That's my that's guess. That's not biased at all. No, I hate them. Um, Samuel <laughs> right. had a Brandon Iuke take a few weeks he ago. Does, that I don't yeah. know what we're, happened. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, I did. Uh, we're going to go back to me and Mr. Narcissist. I said Brock Purdy would be a Pro Bowler, and that I think is on the table.
1: Right, Purdy Pro Bowler?
3: Yeah,
2: not alternate, just one of the top like, three, like a, like a straight Pro
1: yeah, bowler? Yeah, no,
3: Kurt, Kurt Cousins is out now.
2: I'm
1: trying to think.
3: So, Jalen Hurts is probably going to be a Pro Bowler. Jalen yeah, yeah, Hurts is a Pro Bowler. So I think competition becomes like between him and I'm Dak.
1: To, I'm just trying to think Goff. who the other one is. Goff. Goff is definitely a Pro Bowler.
3: Okay,
2: so we got Goff There's and Hurts. There's two. So then, it was
1: between Dak, Purdy, and I mean, last year's probably, Gino.
2: Uh, Gino, not Gino. versus Brock, right? I think Brock's been. Gino better. did
1: win Comeback Player of the Year last year over uh, Christian McCaffrey. What did he come
2: back from? Yeah, sucking. no, just being bad. Just yeah. being bad. <laughs> um,
3: Gino's really came back from sucking. From getting so, punched in the face eight years ago. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I I think I mean Derek Carr. I don't know. No, yeah, no, 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 like, no, no! Yeah. Don't let's yeah. not. I
1: don't want to go to that that route, please. Okay, we won't.
3: go It's probably that route. Prescott or. Yeah. I think, I think he does it. Yeah. I think he do- I'm still. I'm staying on stay, that. I'm staying on that train. It. Okay. Staying on that train. Uh, okay, here's your Ayuk take. Ready? Yeah. IUK will have more receiving yards than Debo, and that is factual right now. That is now. factual. That's that not even factual. a joke. Yeah. I should have snagged that, the stats before.
1: I'm looking at it right now. Brandon Ayuk has 620 receiving yards. See how many receiving yards Debo has? 302. Ugh. That's 300 difference.
3: Yeah. I don't think he's going to catch a, him. It's been a couple really? Days. Yeah, I, and he's missing. He's missing. Uh, missing games. At least be, till week nine.
1: He'll be back after the bye.
3: You think for sure? Yes.
1: I feel okay. very, very confident, okay. actually.
2: That's good for my fantasy team. Good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so
1: Brad, that Brent Ayuk, is the best route running wide out on the team. I'm not saying he's number one. i might be wrong about that. He's the best route running wide receiver Yeah, and that's
3: on the not a hot take, I don't think, at all. No. Um, We're doing okay on these. These are okay. Because we're, we're kind of smart. I don't, I'm not. Uh, I'll do another, well, okay, one One of me here, uh, Christian McCaffrey will have the most TDs in a season he's ever had. Uh, I think he's on pace. I should be looking at these. I'm just, I'm, I'm so, looking at it right now, he's got nine. Yeah.
1: He has nine, he has nine rushing TDs. Yeah, and he has, what,
3: four? His
2: career season? high rushing TDs is 15.
1: Is it? I'm like, yeah, I, I 15
2: in the 2019 season.
1: Oh, that was 19. Oh, rushing TDs. I apologize. Yeah, just rushing. How many okay. all-purpose TDs? 19. He's at 13 right now.
3: Yeah. Okay. He's going to break that. <laughs> he's going to break that. So that's And nice... I know they got the extra game, but he's, yeah. He's going to break that. He's, okay. Uh, And then, Emil, this is your last one so oh, far boy. halfway through the season. Fred Warner will have three-plus interception. He has one so far, correct?
1: No, no. Fred has two. Two? Fred has, I believe, two. Hold on. Hold that thought. Fred has
3: Two. Two. Thank you. Two. I, thought, okay. it I one, thought it
1: was two.
2: One, was two. One Dallas, Dallas. one Cleveland.
3: Yes, yes, yes. Okay, one against Cleveland. Yes. It's easy to forget that Cleveland. I
1: thing. was trying to remember what the other one okay, was.
3: Okay, so it looks like you're going to get that.
1: Hopefully. You hope. Fred's been really adamant about this this year, though, of He's getting been turnovers. the
3: best part of our defense, by far.
1: I know. I, 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 Look, Fred has not played up to his standards either the last three weeks, but this is not all on Fred Warner.
3: Oh, my God. Fred
1: no. Warner is the heart and soul of this de- team, and while the defense's heart and soul has been taken the last couple of weeks, Fred Warner will admit to himself and his... I guarantee you, right now, taking this bye week to heart and is watching game film like religion.
3: Yeah. Well, you know what? We got a couple minutes here. Uh, let's let's do another sticky note. Let's do one. Let's do one. Let's add one more to the, to the mix.
1: I don't know. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first?
3: I think. Well, I think I'm going to do something with with Chase Young here. Oh. Yeah. I, oh, I like this. Uh, I think Chase Young has five 49ers sacks this year. So he adds. Five. So he'll end the season with 11, because I believe he has six right now. Okay, I'm just looking at his P- PFF. Okay. So I think, Kyle, do you have sticky notes back there? I can get them. I think there's some back there. Could you? Do you mind writing that one down for me? Chase Young has five. So this isn't good for my Cleveland Furl uh, guess. This one. This one is definitely a hot take too. They've I already given up on the Cleveland Furl one. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. But uh, yeah, that, that's my take. Do you do you have any hot takes you want to get out right now?
1: I do, I do.
3: Oh, you do? I do. <laughs> Fancy voice, wow.
1: And it's gonna count, It's gonna t- contradict yours. Okay. Wow, Chase Young is the new forty nine er, and he technically leads the forty nine ers in sacks. He has five. The rest of the leaders are J- Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa, and I forget who else for three. I think it's Ar- Eric Armstead. I will say right now that Nick Bosa returns to form after the bye week. And ends the season as the team leader in sacks.
3: Okay. And what is he at? Two and a half right He's now? He's at three. Three right now.
1: He's two behind Chase Young. That's my bold prediction is that despite adding Chase Young, Nick Bosa will come back to top form and he will end the season as a le- team leader in sacks.
3: Okay. I like both of these. Both of them. Ha- I mean, it's that's completely fine. Yeah. I'm completely fine with those happening. I like that we did good ones because we're kind of in a sad place. It's been right a now. really
1: negative show both with the guests and with everything. It's just been a really negative kind of of, – it makes sense because it's been a negative three weeks for the Niners. This is not a happy bye week. It's a bad bye week. Frankly, I'm surprised the players went on vacation because (laughs) the players could have just stayed and got practice in and got more work done. Like, they couldn't – they might have needed it because it's been a really rough three weeks for this team.
3: So, before we get out of here, you have a a conference call in the morning just – we got to get out of here quick. What do you expect tomorrow to hear from John Lynch? In Just an
1: introductory press conference with Chase Young talking about why they added him, what's going on with that, where he's going to slot in, what it took, maybe how other moves him. they were trying to do, maybe do other think? moves okay. they were trying to do as well. We're going to ask about, but yeah, seven forty-five in the morning is what it is scheduled for right now. Just checking my notes with Niners PR. Yeah, seven forty-five in the morning tomorrow. Conference call with uh, John Lynch. I will be on that with all notes and then going on. Sacktown sports right after at 9 a.m. with the Carmichael Dave Show with a special guest apology from myself <laughs> because I have to make an apology <laughs> yeah. uh, about my uh, King's takes. But anyways, that's it for the return of the Empire for this week. We'll be back next week after the bye. No game to preview. No game to give prediction because there is no game for the Niners. But we'll have plenty to discuss after this going into Jacksonville Week 10. And until then, Emil Fergoso, Nate Littlefield, Kyle Ledbetter, we appreciate you always, my guy. Thank you for returning. Everyone, thank you in the YouTube chat. Thank you for listening. We appreciate and love all of you. Have a great rest of your Halloween and be safe out there. Trick or treat. See ya.